1: Welcome back in the third and final hour here on Wednesday and uh, they have now started using the machinery outside to uh, do whatever they're doing to the to the pipes and the drains over there at the 99. so now you probably are hearing a little bit of it in the background, but nothing I can do about it. We'll try and do our best to to talk loud enough that you don't you don't hear it in the background. Uh, but joining us now on the line, we have noted horror movie fan, noted horror fan, and also he is the assistant deputy police chief for the New Bedford Police Department. Joining us now, Scott Carolla. Good morning, sir. How are you? Tim. Good morning. Can you hear me okay? I can hear you. Can you hear me over this uh, this work? I can hear you. I can hear
2: you fine. Good morning. You. Uh, I can't let a conversation about horror go without chiming in. So I appreciate you letting me call.
1: Well, sometime we'll have to have you in on a Saturday night for a Spooky South Coast, where we can just talk horror for two straight hours.
2: Yeah, maybe we could do that. I like the distinction that you make. Um, you know, between horror movies that involve know killers like there's a difference between slasher flicks and the type of psychological horror movies that you're talking about you know and i i i couldn't agree with you more there's really nothing i mean i get it i get the slasher flicks i they have the the jump scare value but the the movies like you know the the shining and the exorcist and uh even like you know the ring those those are movies that really get into your psyche and, and make you scared shake your foundation on a psychological level you know that's that's really the type of horror that I appreciate, but I love all the old stuff as well.
3: I also like
1: the horror comedy, too, like, you know, things like the Evil Dead and the and, uh, and, you know, Army of Darkness, but where when you also look at, like, some of the... The cheesier horror, especially like from the fifties and sixties, some of those, you know, giant spider monster movies or the aliens from space or or my favorites are the William Castle films where they had like a gimmick in every movie, like you know, like Thirteen Ghosts and uh Mr. Sardonicus and all those films. Like those those all have they might not be outright scary, but they they have that little bit of tension in there that can also work with some of the campiness too. Right.
2: And you gotta think of the time that it came in as well. Uh, you know, when it when it started to become, when they started to involve aliens and things like that, a lot of that had to do with the space race that we were involved with uh, at the time. And I know a lot of the horror also of, like, the 50s, it's, uh, they're informed by some really great comic books. I don't know if you're familiar with, you know, the EC line of books like Vault of Horror and Tales from the Crypt and oh, things yeah. like that. Those were, They had some really outstanding uh, artists working on that.
1: And, and Yeah, and that actually kind of upped the game of what they had to put in the movies because the kids who were going to see these movies were also reading those comics, and the artists did such a great job that the, the prop masters that were putting together these films said, well, we've got to match that. We've got we to have something that, that's as scary as that because that's what's scaring kids now.
2: Yeah, and that's, it's been the, uh, that's been the case ever since. We've been chasing uh, you know, the imagery that's um, more and more realistic and more and more intense, uh, and it's, now it's carried over into video games as well. So you know, there's always going to be uh, there's always going to be people who love gore and horror, and there's always going to be people that uh, you know talk about how how bad that is for uh, young minds, <laughs> just like they did back in the '50s as
1: well. So, so what's uh, what's your favorite horror film? My what, well,
2: the one that still gets me all the time. I I think the apex of uh, of horror is The Exorcist. I think mean, mean, that's got to be the granddaddy of them all. And if it wasn't scary enough when you saw it in movie theaters if you if you haven't seen the director's cut the director's cut really adds a lot to it there's some scenes in there that it's really unfortunate they cut them out uh because it, it it really adds to the intensity of the movie it's um that that is that is the scariest movie in my opinion
1: and it's certainly something that you know it doesn't matter i showed it to my son when he was like 14 and he's like dad that's so cheesy how did that ever scare anybody but I was, it, it takes really? out a different meaning as, as, you, as you watch it in different parts of your life. You know, seeing it as a teenager, you're gonna, you might feel that way a little bit, but wait until you're a parent and you realize, like, that could be your own child that's in that situation. As I said before, you know, it could be an allegory. So it might not be a demon that has hold of your child. It could be addiction. It could be, you know, making the wrong decisions. It could be anything where you feel like you're helpless in being able to take your child out of the grips of something.
2: Right. Right, it's it's uh, it's, a, it's a very interesting. I, mean, I, I haven't shown uh, you know my teenage kids for uh, the same reason. I'm afraid that they're going to look at me and say, "Really, Dad? This is what's <laughs> this <laughs> right. is what caused you to sleep with the lights on when you were a teenager?" You know, uh, I I feel like it carries over uh, into the new age. But yeah, maybe it doesn't. I don't know. These kids, they're used to a lot.
1: When my dad showed me William Castle's uh the original 13 Ghosts and he's like this movie scared me so much when I was a kid and then I watched it and I was like really you were scared of that like it's <laughs> it's it's kind of goofy but it's but it's a great film and uh, and I uh, and, and I think that that's the great thing about good horror is it endures even through remakes and reboots and all this stuff there's a reason why they keep going back to those well because it it works it scares people
2: I agree I agree. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's always going to be with us. And then on the subject of kids, uh, if I can, I just want to plug our, uh, our Halloween event that we're having, the police department along with the fire department. We're going to be hosting a uh, trunk or treat, and we've, this is the third year in a row that we've done it, and the last couple of years have been a, a big hit, big success. It's going to be down at the Public Safety Building, which is the new, the new station on Brock Avenue in the rear lot. and uh, it's gonna, we're going to start at 430 sharp. And it's going to go till 6 o'clock, and I have a bunch of volunteers lined up. Uh, but there's always room for more. If there's any individuals or businesses that want to host a, a vehicle for the Trunk or Treat on Friday night, message the Facebook page the police department the Facebook page, and uh, I'll get the message from there.
1: And, and these events have become hugely popular, and it's a great way not only to, to be able to go out and have the kids be able to show off their costumes and get treats, but you get to see everybody else's costumes that they come up with, too.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Some people really go all out, and they love it. And the kids absolutely love it. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of kids that uh, they don't go out on Halloween night. You know, because of you know maybe the parents are a little fearful of them going out, or they're a little too young. So it's nice that you know there's a place in the South End where uh, you know all the kids can come, and it's a, it's a safe space for Halloween. It's in a closed-in parking lot. We don't have to worry about any traffic coming through. Uh, you know, it's all people that are familiar with our uh, with our public safety uh, personnel. So it's a great time. Everybody gets into it. Uh, Chief Oliver has been very supportive of it. Chief Kruger really gets into it as well. And I'm just happy that they uh, allow me to have, uh, bring a touch of Halloween to uh, the city.
1: Well, you know, the other reason why kids love it so much is because it's tied it's into it's the— candy. Well, I was going to say, it's tied into the police department, <laughs> so the parents can't pull that lie that they say, oh, you can't have these peanut butter cups because I heard that they're poison. I can eat them, but you can't eat them. The poison doesn't affect adults, so the kids are going to look at them and be like, oh, they're geez. not poison. They came from the police. Well, you know, you know, nobody ever used that excuse on you? <laughs> no, it was
2: just cavities. So you're going to eat oh, cavities no. if you eat anymore. So. My grandfather did That's that, that
1: was- to me every Halloween.
2: Wow, I've never heard that one. That's pretty intense, Tim. That explains a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I right, thank you. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna head into the station now. I've talked uh, about comics and horror enough, but I appreciate the conversation and allowing you to you to do that plug. So we'll see you guys on Friday night. All right, thank
1: you so much. All right, Tim. Thanks. All right, that is uh, Scott Karol of the New Bedford Police Department, and yeah, yeah, that really did happen to me. Uh, my grandfather would go through my candy, and he knew which ones were poison. Automatically, And then if you caught him eating him, he'd say, well, the poison doesn't affect adults. We're, we're immune to it. So, uh, But that is happening on Friday, and so many great Halloween events uh, happening. I also want to remind people, too, that the 55th annual South End Halloween Parade will be going on on Halloween. On Tuesday, October 31st, there will be the annual Halloween party, uh, and it's going to be happening... At Hazelwood Park, you're going to be able to get down there and have all the Halloween festivities, the live music and more. Uh, As you know, this is something that uh, City Councilor-at-Large Ian Abreu has been working on for a long time and uh, also Ward 6 Councilor Ryan Pereira. So you can read more about that at WBSM.com. But the event kicks off at 7 p.m. on Halloween at Hazelwood Park. You're going to march from Hazelwood to Victory Park where there will be festive fun waiting for the family. So you can get all the details right now At WBSM.com. All right, let's go back to the phones. 508 996 0500. Good morning. You're next on WBSM.
3: Good morning, Mr. Weisberg. How are you? Good. Your subject today brought back so many memories of me and my brother. We lived uh, two streets away from the Capitol Theater on the Avenue. Oh. So we were so lucky to go every weekend, and it was 35 cents each for a ticket. We got Creature Double Feature. Plus the cartoons, Bugs Bunny and uh, Porky Pig. And and it was wonderful. And my favorite actor was Vincent Price in the first movie that I ever saw there with him was the uh, Fall of the House of Usher. Mm-hmm. We had The Raven. And do you know, Jack Nicholson was very young in that movie. I think The Raven it was Peter Laurie Vol- Boris Karloff, and the Vincent Price. And Vincent Price, to me, he has that unique voice. I've never heard a voice like that on any other actor ever.
1: Right, and and it's it's recognizable. You hear it and you know that's exactly oh, who it is. And, yes. Yeah,
3: wasn't he great? And I believe I believe I'm not positive if it was his last movie, but the last movie I saw him in was Edward Scissorhands. Where he was very aged, he was very old there. I think it was his last movie. Do you know?
1: I believe it was. Yes. And that I was very surprised. And that was it was such a touching role for him to to be able to have too. And it, when you look at the way that his career was, I mean, he kind of got pigeonholed a bit into that horror, but he could do a lot of things, and he did a lot of things within the horror genre. So he did a lot yeah. of great acting within those horror oh, yeah. roles. Did you ever the see the original House, uh,
3: the House of Usher, the original? Mm-hmm. He he was in there. Oh, great, great thing! And then the pit and the pendulum. Oh, that one really—that one. Did you ever see that one? Yeah. Did the pit, did you ever the pit see and the pendulum? There's one that that he
1: made that that is not really a horror movie, but it's a horrible movie. Like the things that happen to people. Did you ever see Witchfinder General?
3: No, I don't recall that. What
1: year would that be? Uh, Let me look up here because this this was this is something that comes under the guise of what is known as folk horror. It came out in the '60s. Uh, Let's see if I can get the exact year of when it would have come out.
3: All my movies were from the '60s, and I never even heard of it.
1: 1968, Witchfinder General, and in this movie. He plays – or is also known as Conqueror Worm. But in this movie, he plays the witch finder in this, uh, in this English village. He, he comes into town and he seeks out witches and he's going to burn them at the stake. But it's really, he's coming in and accusing people of being witches so that he can get what he wants. So he can take people's money, he can take their land, he can take their women. And uh, it really, it, that's, that's what actually happened during those times. But um, it's it's a really great performance from him in that. And it's a little bit different than the roles that you usually see him in. Because he's yeah. he's the villain, but he's not like the, the anti-hero villain. I'm going to
3: have to look that up, I think.
1: And And do you have Netflix? Yes. There's a new series from Mike Flanagan who um, did uh, The Haunting of Hill House and The Haunting of Bly Manor and uh, Midnight Mass. Mm. He has a new one, The Fall of the House of Usher, where it's a it's a series, a, a short series, and they incorporate all the elements of Poe into this story. And it's it's mm. very well done.
3: That sounds very good. And I'm sure you must have saw that other one. It was a series, too. There were a couple of movies about it. I uh, you know what it was called. Salem? It was uh, David... And Les uh, oh, yeah, Salem's Lot. Oh, Salem's Lot. I knew. I forget that last word. That interested me, and I, I kind of liked it a lot
1: and what's great about that so that's Stephen King and when he was doing the Dark Tower series which is a lot of fantasy it doesn't really have a lot I mean it's got horror elements in it but it's it's also fantasy and when he kind of wrapped up all of the Dark Tower stuff and spoiler alert if you haven't read these books that have been out for decades that mm-hmm. kind of all ties together so like the characters from Salem's Lot make appearances in some of these Dark Tower books and it and it shows how the entire world of Stephen King is all connected yeah, to this yeah, one central great, story
4: that's a
3: great idea yeah uh, um my my real favorite one, too, that I watched so many times, and I am not sick and tired of it yet. And it's the Storm of the century., <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. I'm sorry, but I loved it. I loved it, and I still do.
1: It was well done,
3: oh yeah, that was, was a that a was a TV miniseries. Yeah. yeah, it's a lo- yeah, it's a long movie, but i I didn't care how long it was. I liked everything about it well, that's that's oh. one of
1: those ones they originally released as like a two-parter. So it was on two nights in a row. They used to do that on ABC.
3: Right. Well, I got the double uh, the DVDs. Uh, it came, you know, the whole set. You get the whole set. But that with the David Spolgo and that same lot, it was kind of out of character for him. But it was
1: good, though. Yeah. And, and it's it was, one of those things that's, and that was a TV movie, too. And yeah, that's, yeah. you know, you think about the stuff they used to get away with in those TV movies that you probably wouldn't get away with yeah. today. Even and the 1990 lost. It was like that, too.
3: Yeah. And we lost it's growing,
1: huh? Uh yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah, he passed away, and I, I was surprised to see that. And he, he was in uh, movies when he was very young. He was very young, and he made a lot of movies. All the youngsters are going, too, now. Like, you know, there's movies, all the teenage movies that we had back then, and mm-hmm. the BD and all that stuff. I, I, I'm i glad that Ron Howard's still around, you know?
1: Yeah, still around, still making movies. So is his brother, Clint. His brother, Clint, is a must-follow yes. on Facebook. He sure, is so, so much man. fun. <laughs>
3: yeah, I remember him. So... Well, Thanks well, for the call.
1: I'm glad we yeah. could talk some horror movie memories.
3: Oh, that,
1: anytime. <laughs> All right, have a good day. Okay, you too. And uh, let's see, we can squeeze in one more call here before I got to take a break. Good morning, you're next on WBSM. Hi, you're on the air. Oh, how about now?
4: Hello. There you are. Is,
1: is this Lamone?
0: So, uh, Miss twin. One call uh, per Ramone. show, Lamone. One call I'm per show. Ramone. You're not Ramone. Come on. <laughs> Razor Ramone. Yo, okay. All right, Chico. All right. I'll, I'll give you about, one minute. What about how they, how like used to have like the the uh, Night Stalker would come on, on on Friday nights. That was fun. I used to like watching the Night Stalker. I
1: I have every episode of Night Stalker saved in my DVR. I won't delete them until I can until I can get them on uh, Blu-ray.
0: Have you have you have you seen the first one, the Vegas vampires?
1: Yep the the original the original uh, movie that they made.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. That was that was that was that was here. They had a Vegas vampire as, as a host for the horror shows also. But that that story, I'll tell you about that. I can show you some places where that actually happened. They, that did they followed that that's the guy's lineage back to the 1847, uh, where he was a doctor in, in Europe, and and a disease would come there, and all these people start dying, old village style. So that was like based on true story. And that was that was off the hood. Mastering this off and, writing. and the plus, what about like the, the, uh, the night gallery?
1: Yeah, know? Rod Serling's Night yes. Gallery. Yeah, that was pretty. It was pretty well done. It was much more horror than than Twilight Zone was. It didn't. It didn't have the same like social elements of it that Twilight Zone did. It was just kind of like scary stories, but it was it, it was very well done.
0: Yes, very well, and I like the darkness of that. So I feel like like when they had uh, like uh, the werewolf. Remember the werewolf? Was, uh, you remember Peter? Remember? Uh, dude from uh, Young and the Restless, Peter, Peter Burton, whatever his name, no, whatever his name is. Breeden, Eric Breeden, er, 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 he was the blend that was... Uh,
1: oh, the, the Fox yeah.
0: series werewolf? Yeah, no, I'm talking about the werewolf from uh, the, uh, Night Stalker.
1: Oh, oh, oh! I thought yeah. you were referring to that show that was on Fox when Fox first launched. That was a good show, too.
0: That was. Did you like the Teen Werewolf one that they had you the make of it?
1: I, I didn't watch the, uh, the MTV one, no.
0: I didn't watch it either. And so, but it's like I see they had a lot of good shows back then, you know. And um, not to mention like Thriller, you know, the the uh, Thriller theater, you know, mm-hmm. with um, uh, with Boris Karloff. That's that was that was all those stories were really good back in the days, or or the One Step Beyond, or you know, the Outer Limits.
1: Outer Limits, like, yeah. You can and you can still watch all those on uh, on on YouTube and on different streaming services. All right, I got to take a break, Ramon, so I got to hold you there. Okay. Tell Ramon hey, I said hi. Hey, man.
0: All right, I do. All, all right.
1: right. Have a good day.
0: Party on, Garth. Party on, Party all
1: on. All right. All right. We got to take a break here. We'll be back in just a few moments. You know, speaking of spookiness, speaking of spooky things, this coming Friday, if you don't have any plans already, we've got your Friday night plans for you. There's going to be a whiskey and bourbon tasting event this Friday at Stevie's Wine and Spirits. It's going to be happening from 4 p.m to 7pm. And if you've never been to Stevie's before, you want to drop into their whiskey room this Friday night for their weekly tasting. Now, this week, they're going to be putting out some, uh, some whiskeys that will be kind of related to the idea of Halloween. You know, because it's spooky season, there's going to be some spooky drinks for you to try. And I'm looking forward to getting out there and trying some of the ones that I didn't get to try when I went in there yesterday. But also you got to try the demon seed. The demon seed is one that they say that not everybody can handle, although I was able to drink it with not a lot of problems. I didn't really feel anything, but you might feel differently. It's scorpion pepper, ginger and maple syrup flavored whiskey. So come on by and see if you can handle a little bit of that demon seed with me. That's going to be one of the many things they'll have out. They'll also have a pumpkin rum chata. There'll be a, a number of other there's a delicious smoky barbecue whiskey that we tried yesterday Oh, so many great things over there and of course if you're like me and you like to collect Ouija board related items they have a bottle of the paranormal reserve vodka it comes in a Ouija box and it's tied into Ed and Lorraine Warren you got to go in there and you got to ask about it you got to find out more I won't tell you all the rest of it I want you to come on by and check it out for yourself also They have more than 450 whiskeys in stock and they carry some of the hardest to find products. So stop in, ask Kelly and the team about, you know, different flavors, what they have, what's trending. And they actually have the purple dot on some of those items on the shelf that if you see the purple dot, that means you could sample it. There's an open bottle in the back that you can sample before you can try it. So you don't have to commit to a bottle without tasting it first. So I'll be down there this coming Saturday from... I'm sorry, this coming Friday from 10 a.m. to noon. I will be down there and I'll be talking with Kelly and everybody and we'll be calling into South Coast now and, and getting everybody ready for that whiskey tasting. But come on by to the whiskey and bourbon tasting event this Friday night from 4 to 7. I'm going to be stopping by there as well. Maybe you'll have to try some Demon Seed with me. Uh, So make sure that you also go by Stevie's on Saturday for their beer, wine, and whiskey tasting from 2 to 5 p.m. It's Stevie's Wine and Spirits, 115 Huddleston Avenue in Fairhaven. All right, let's go now into the newsroom with Ariel. (laughs)
5: The U.S. is warning Iran against escalating the war between Israel and the Palestinian militant group Hamas. While addressing the U.N. Security Council on Tuesday, Secretary of State Antony Blinken said the U.S. will respond decisively if Iran or its proxies carry out attacks on U.S. personnel in the Middle East. Reported anti-Semitic incidents in the U.S. have spiked nearly 400% in the two weeks since war broke out between Israel and the Palestinian militant group Hamas. That's according to the Anti-Defamation League, which tracked some 312 separate incidents. About 190 of those were directly related to the Middle East conflict. Former President Donald Trump's civil fraud trial continues in New York City today. He's accused of inflating the value of his and his business's assets in order to get more favorable loans and insurance rates. The trial resumes this morning with Trump's former attorney and so-called fixer, Michael Cohen, on the stand for a second day. Hurricane Otis has made landfall near Acapulco as a powerful Category 5 storm. The National Hurricane Center says the center of the storm hit the coast of South Mexico shortly after midnight with sustained winds of 165 miles an hour. Negotiations between striking Hollywood actors and the big studios will resume later today. SAG-AFTRA told its union members in an email Tuesday that the studio's CEOs came back to the table after more than 100 days of the actors' strike and that talks are scheduled to continue. The NBA season is officially underway. The defending NBA champion Denver Nuggets put away the Lakers 119-107 in Denver, where the Nuggets unveiled their championship banner before last night's opening tip-off. Elsewhere, the Phoenix Suns held off the Golden State Warriors 108-104 in San Francisco. In more sports, the Celtics also tipped off the 2023-24 NBA season tonight and will be visiting the New York Knicks at Madison Square Garden. The team will be relying heavily on two of their newest acquisitions as Kristaps Porzingis and Drew Holiday make their Celtics debut tonight. The Bruins have matched their best start to a season in franchise history. B- Boston improved after shutting out the Blackhawks 3-0 in Chicago. Pavel Zaka opened the scoring with the only goal in the second period. Tomorrow night, the Bruins will be playing the Anaheim Ducks at TD Garden. And the Patriots are moving on from a pair of players after releasing quarterback Malik Cunningham in defensive lineman trey flowers cunningham originally signed with the pats as an undrafted free agent out of louisville before joining the practice squad he has signed a three-year contract with the team less than two weeks ago this week the patriots will visit the miami dolphins now let's take a look at your local forecast It'll be a sunny Wednesday this morning and the skies will become partly sunny as the day continues. Temperatures are not as cool today with highs in the lower 70s and could experience some winds throughout the throughout the day. As we head into tonight, skies will mostly be cloudy with lows in the upper 50s. I'm Ariel Dorsey for WBSM News. Stay up to date with New Bedford's news talk station, WBSM, and get breaking news alerts with the WBSM app.
0: Think of it as breakfast for your mind Back to the Tim Weisberg Show on
1: WBSM, And back to your calls at 508-996-0500 Good morning, you're next on WBSM.
6: Good morning, Tim Good morning <laughs> I had to call in and chime in, as you say About the um, scary movies, horror movies So when I was younger, when the Freddy Krueger came out um, He was my boogeyman I mean, exactly, dress the same, the long meals, the face, the hat, and everything. And um, what? obviously, when I'd go to sleep, I would dream my boogeyman, him. And I swear to the end of the Bible, for everybody out there that's religious, I dreamt I was on a school bus, and he got on the school bus and was killing all of us. And my school bus flew. We were flying in the air and whatnot. So he truly was my boogeyman. And then the first time I saw him, I was scared to death. My boyfriend thought it was a riot. So he would purposely try to find the Craig, um, Freddy Krueger. And um, I stopped watching his movies because I just couldn't believe my boogeyman. And the thing is, is <laughs> I watched the first movie. It was him coming to you in your sleep. You had to stay awake so he mm-hmm. couldn't get you. And I thought, how can this possibly be? That's when I would dream of my boogeyman in my sleep. And I said, wow, that's just too close to home. And I just, yeah, I stopped watching the movies. Um, I don't know how many. I actually, I think I, like, watched the first two or something. And I said, okay, this is enough. This is enough right here. And I got tricked one time into coming over to a house, and they put it on. I thought I was watching something else, and then they put the movie on with the DVD. Well, I I,
1: I think, isn't it part two where
6: he actually is on the bus killing kids? Yeah, well, I see. Like, I I knew it was, like, either the first two... because I can't remember. That was long ago, but yeah. After that, I stopped watching it. I said that's just too realistic. How could this possibly happen?
1: So you so I, you were dreaming of a of Freddy Krueger before you ever yeah, knew about saw, the movie,
6: right? Before I ever, and like they say, that God's honest truth, God's honest truth, and and that that was it. I never watched the rest. I said this is just impossible, and and I. Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, well, I still sat shaking thinking about
1: that. Wes Craven said that this was something that was coming to him in his nightmares, and it's actually based on uh, a story he read about, I believe, from men from, I believe, Cambodia who were dying in their sleep yeah that were otherwise perfectly healthy that were dying in their sleep they found out that there was, was like, like some other mysterious illness that was going on but people were wondering were they being plagued by these dreams that was what was causing them to die and he took that in his own nightmares and, and turned that into Freddy krueger so maybe you and west craven were having the same dreams
6: oh my god isn't that something god there's such a wealth of knowledge when it comes to everything no i just have a bunch
1: of unnecessary information in my no, head no
6: Perfect, No, it's necessary information for us layman's out here.
1: I'm really good at Trivial Pursuit, but I can't remember to do the things I'm supposed to do, so.
6: <laughs> and here's one other thing. It wasn't scary, but my brothers would twitch me every Saturday morning. Um, Godzilla, they would come out, that, those shows. I hated them. I, I know, even to this day, I know it's a rubber doll. I mean, you can look at it and see it, but I still start to get scared. Um I just can't watch that. I I used to have nightmares when
1: I I was a kid. I had a nightmare, a recurring nightmare, where I'd be in a building, like a multi-story high-rise building. And I'm trying to run from a Godzilla-type creature that's, like, looking into the windows. And I'm going from room to room trying to, like, keep it from seeing me. But then there would be that eye in the window looking in. Yeah, the eyes
6: is what scared me. Yeah. So, see, I mean, it can be a scary thing.
1: Well, that's why these movies work because they play on these common fears that a lot of us have.
6: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. I've never seen the exorcist. Not, I don't watch anything too de- demonic only because I'm scared of my own thoughts. I got a lot of energy, I was told once. And, well, we'll save that for another day when I meet you in person. So, uh, certain things I definitely just stay away from because I don't want it to loop in my brain.
1: No, I get it. I get it. I, and there's certain things that I don't watch and I don't get involved in, especially like at certain times of day. And I always have a rule: if I'm going to watch a horror movie or something close before bedtime, I always watch like a sitcom or something before I go to bed.
6: Me too. Oh my gosh, I do the exact same thing. I have to watch something funny, and, yeah. and I'll fall asleep absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Then,
1: then I find I'm not thinking about it anymore. So.
6: Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. You gotta just like train your brain. Don't. Yeah. Get it out. Absolutely. i Just wanted to say, Lamone and Lamone um if he can't make it to the meet and greet and oh for everybody out there this is getty i can't wait to meet you guys i love all the callers i mean you guys are incredible i really can't wait for that to happen when it when and what you know when you get it
1: looks like november 21st is going to be the date just keep that day open
6: i locked it in my calendar so i'm hoping Uh, but if he can't do that maybe you can skype with him
1: Uh, see here's the thing about lamone he's very mysterious but I will ask. I will see if we can set it up. But he's very mysterious. He only has one photo of him out there on the Internet. I'm not sure it really is him, but I think it's him. And, you know, <laughs> he was part of an R&B group in the 80s that, like, went on the charts. And he won't tell me any information about it. He's very mysterious. So I, I, think, uh, I think that that might be by design. Yes, you know
6: what? I was thinking the same thing. I mean, he is un- very unusual. And he likes that he's a nightlife person. So that would explain... um you know, for him it's like three thirty or four thirty out there. I got a girlfriend that lives in Vegas, so yeah, I should know that's Alice. But I, she's never had to climb a telephone pole. I find that so interesting.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he, he just has a horrible he phone. He just has oh my a horrible. Oh
6: I worry about him falling. No, and I'm he, like, I he's hope not. He's got a belt.
1: He's not really on the phone pole. We oh no, we made that up because he he just he his phone is so bad. We would tell him like, go climb the poles so you can oh my, get a better signal. And no, oh my. no. He just he just <laughs> has terrible out service that. out there in the desert, so.
6: Oh, my God. I'm so gullible. Oh,
1: no, no, it's okay. We sell it well, so.
6: <laughs> well, I hope he Skypes, and, and he should be known. He shouldn't be. so Well, you know, and to be with um, some of these people that he's constantly around, the groups, you know he had to have been somewhere and involved in it, and I definitely already figured that one out. That's,
1: that's if you believe everything that he's telling us.
6: I do. I do. Well, I don't think he's got any reason to lie. That's Which true. One?
1: That's true. But he, yeah, he's 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 Lamone. He's like the Forrest Gump of Las Vegas. He's he's been involved in everything. Like every everything that goes on, there's him. Lamone.
6: He's Haven't in... you hung out with him?
1: No, I've never actually met him in person. <laughs> oh,
6: the... Well, because you playboy, so I figured you must have hung
1: out. No, no, he just he just appreciates my playboy lifestyle, I guess. That's awesome. <laughs> All, <laughs> That's right. awesome. Well, All right. Well, you have a great well, day. I'll let
6: you go. Take it easy. Hey, wait, wait, yes. real quick. You are you um you in Brockton Saturday?
1: Uh, Friday afternoon, I'll be in Brockton. Saturday, I-, I am in Holbrook.
6: Friday afternoon. Okay, at two o'clock?
1: Two o'clock at the Brockton Public Library.
6: Okay, because I'm going to go to Plymouth, and when I'm on my way out of Plymouth, I'm going to come there. Okay, I'll be in Plymouth on
1: Monday if that helps you. I'll be there Monday night at the library there.
6: Mm, I don't know if I'm staying until that one. It's just my brother's birthday today, so I want to go bake uh, make some. Uh, oh, pepper.
1: yeah, definitely do that.
6: Yeah, and then tomorrow I might come back home. But either way, y- so you're in Boston tomorrow and then Monday, Plymouth. Yep. Okay,
1: cool. All right. Thank you. You have a good day.
6: You too, hon. Bye.
1: And uh, let's squeeze in one more call before I got to take a break. Good morning. You're next on WBSM. Yes,
4: uh, Good morning, Tim.
1: Good morning. How are you doing?
4: Pretty good. Uh, the show that I liked was Alfred Hitchcock. Yeah. And, and, and I, there's one episode I'll always remember, and it, and it stuck with me for years, uh, you know years ago they had the, the you remember the irish sweepstakes mm-hmm. where they would have like 20 or uh, 20 some horses run and the sweepstakes you remember that right
1: yeah i remember hearing about it
4: okay, Yeah, okay so uh, what happened was uh, uh, the the husband went out and 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 bought a ticket and uh, the the ticket was 7654 and would you believe uh, the race came out 7654 and when he bought the ticket, he put five dollars on each. You know, seven, six, five, and four, twenty dollars. So in the meantime, he passed away. And uh, what happened was, nobody claimed the ticket. So his wife, uh, uh, she had to apply to the state. So his wife, uh, she told them that, my husband has is, is got that ticket, and I know he has. And uh, uh, when he was buried, it was inside. You know, inside your suit, you have a, a suit pocket inside.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: Well, they exhumed. <laughs> Would you believe? Unbelievable! They opened the casket. And the undertaker went in there and, and grabbed the ticket, seven, six, five, four, and uh, she won. I don't know how many millions of dollars. And 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 that that uh, episode of uh, Alfred Hitchcock, I always remembered it because of that. Isn't that unusual?
1: Yeah, Uh, that that was a great show, and they they always... it
4: was great, yeah. And it was, I think, was on, uh, was either Friday night or Saturday, uh, uh, I think, you know, 9 o'clock to 9.30 or something like that, but...
1: I know, I just saw it in reruns on on Nick at at Night
4: back in the old days, yeah. That episode, uh, Tim, I always remembered it because of the... She was determined to have that body uh, exhumed and, and, and have that... Have that checked out, and there it was in his suit pocket.
1: Hey, I would have done the same thing. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I would have done it myself if they didn't tell me I I could exhume the body. I would have just dug it up myself. Yeah, you
4: had to be a brain to write a show. Alfred Hitchcock, I liked him. But as far as, uh, you know, Tim, uh, over the years, I number one, I do not like horror movies. And number two, I do not like any show with murders in it, I do not watch. I do not like uh, violence in, uh, in any TV program I watch. So that that's how I am.
1: Well, I mean, you, with Alfred Hitchcock, you got a lot of good psychological horror. and
4: Yeah, Alfred Hitchcock was good.
1: Yeah. yeah. All right, uh, well, thank you for the call. Oh, you're welcome. You have a great day. Yeah, you too. And I got to take a break. Uh, so, callers, hang on. We will get to you. But before I take that break, uh, we are talking a lot about horror and horror movies. Say, so We'll continue these discussions as we head closer into Halloween. We'll talk some paranormal stuff uh, when we get closer to Halloween. But uh, as we're talking about horrors, one of the most scary things that can happen to you is if your home suddenly springs a leak, right? If you all of a sudden your roof is leaking or your windows are letting in a cold draft or any of that stuff, it can be scary because you think about two things. One, I'm wasting all this money. On heating the home and all the stuff that I do, all the stuff that I have in here to protect, it's all going to get damaged. And then the other thing is you're thinking, man, how much is this going to cost me? That's scary too. That's why you want to call Precision Window and Kitchen because they can not only come out there and get the job taken care of quickly to protect your biggest investment that you will make, which is your home, and to protect your family, but they will also do it in a way that is affordable because they cut out the middleman. They're not ordering things from other people and bring it all in. They do it all themselves, and then when they show up to do the job, they've got the materials they need to get it done. They can get it done quickly, efficiently, correctly and it will last. If you want to find out about some of the work that they do, you can go to their website, precisionwindowandkitchen.com, or you can visit them at their showroom, 1111 Cushioned Avenue, and talk with them there. They will come out to your home, and they will give you a no-obligation free estimate. And what's really, really great about working with Precision Window and Kitchen is that they've been doing this for so long, they've seen everything. So you're not going to throw them any kind of curve. No job is too big. No job is too small. Check them out. Precision Window and Kitchen, And as we're talking about horror films, I have to tell you about the man in New Bedford that has a butcher knife. There's a man with a butcher knife who takes it and hacks and cuts and chops and dices. He takes that butcher knife and he creates great quality cuts of meat for you. It's Eric down at the butcher shop. 123 Dartmouth Street. Stop on by and get yourself something delicious if you're going to have Halloween dinner, right? Halloween's coming up. You want to have a nice Halloween dinner that you can be cooking while the kids are trick-or-treating and have a nice meal for yourself. Stop on by the butcher shop. Get some of those celebrity pork chops, some of those giant chicken wings, a sirloin steak. You know what? Get a tomahawk steak, right? Why not? Or you can get something pre-made. That's what's really great about the butcher shop. They make sure that they work for whatever your schedule is like. You've got time to cook? They've got the, the meats and everything else that you need there. You don't have time to cook. You've got time to throw it on the grill, but you don't have time to prep. They'll marinate it for you and have it ready to go. Or maybe you don't have any time for any of that. They have great, delicious pre-made foods every day. Everything from steaks to soccer balls. You'll find it all in the butcher shop. And don't forget to stop by the cellar and get yourself a nice bottle of wine or some beer or something else to help you get through those couple of hours where the kids just keep knocking on the door and asking for candy. Uh, Check out The Butcher Shop, 123 Dartmouth Street in New Bedford. Let's squeeze in one more call here. Uh, Let's go to the phones. You're next on WBSM.
4: Slimmer Tim, how you doing, buddy? Good, how are you? You're in the middle of your spooky season, which I know you love. I'm in all my glory. Every day when you wake
2: up, you already have the energy. (laughs) Hey, in regard to the uh, meet and greet on the 21st, if something falls through the place you're going to go with, I'm part of two social clubs in the North End, which both have pitch So, and Tuesday night, usually nothing of a book.
3: All right.
1: I will, I will keep that in mind. I think everything's going to work out. I just haven't confirmed everything yet. So I don't want to speak until I can speak to the person and just nail everything down. But it's, it seems like it's all a go. Uh, I just want to make sure that I, I confirm that before I announce it.
4: Okay, my friend, you have a good day in spite of yourself. Okay. All right. You as well. Take care. Bye-bye.
1: And I'm going to take one final break, and we'll be back in just a few moments. And not only is Halloween right around the corner, but so is the election. New Bedford's 2023 municipal election is coming up on Tuesday, November 7th. City residents will hit the polls and vote for who they want to see as mayor of New Bedford for the next four years. Will they give current mayor John Mitchell a sixth term in office, or will Richard Tyson Moultrie get the nod? Tyson Moultrie was having some fun at Mayor Mitchell's expense yesterday when Mayor Mitchell didn't show up to the uh, candidate forum, but Moultrie did, and uh, I guess he did that whole what-do-you-think-John thing and pointed the microphone at the empty chair. Anyway, the city councilor-at-large race is the most interesting it's been in years. All five incumbents are running for re-election, but there are a few of the five challengers that are nipping at their heels. Ward 1 voters will once again decide between incumbent William Brad Markey and challenger Leo Shaquette, and the soon-to-be-open Ward 5 seat has come down to longtime counselor Joe Lopes against Zach Boyer. There are also uncontested races in the rest of the city's six wards, as well as for school committee and assessor, and even though the incumbents may not have a challenger, your voice and your vote are still just as important. Make a plan ahead of time for how you will vote. Will it be early voting, mail-in voting, or will you head to the polls on election day? No matter how you do it, Go vote. This campaign to increase voter awareness is brought to you by WBSM and sponsored by Lang, Exaferis, and Bullard, the New Bedford Housing Authority, the DeMello International Center, and Luzo Auto Center. So that's going to do it for me. Uh, Chris has South Coast now coming up for you next. Chris, you get the mayor in today? 11 o'clock. 11 o'clock. Mayor Mitchell will be here unless he's, you know, not going to show up for that either. And uh, then uh, we'll... <laughs> He, he is. He always shows up for his appearance with Chris, and uh, he, will, he will be here to share with you all the things that are going on in the city, lots of exciting news. So uh, we will take a break coming up for the news, and on the other side, you will have South Coast now.